0: Anything goes. Motto of the show, let your free flag fly.
1: Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains.
0: Here are your hosts,
1: Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, follow the show at Strict Anonymous or follow me on Twitter at Cartoon Therapy. I tweet more over there. I love Twitter. It's probably the only social media thing that I really like. Because it's like short and to the point and I don't know, it's kind of meaningless. I think Instagram is cool too. I just don't, I don't take a lot of pictures, but I like looking at pictures, especially pictures of food. (laughs) I'm that boring. Okay. That's like, those are my favorite pictures to look at. I also like looking at these girls, these young girls, weird bodies. I mean, they're not weird. They're like cartoon characters. I don't know. There's a new thing. There's like a new trend going on. Where there must be some sort of operation that I haven't heard of yet, but it's like it's happening where they take the ribs out or something. I don't know, because all these girls have these crazy curves around their waist and they have the big fake ass and the big fake tits, which I knew I knew about those. But now they have some waist thing going on. It's so interesting to me. I'm really glad I'm not young. Uh, in this day and age because i i'm th- I'm assuming all that shit costs a lot of money and like if you're really a young girl and you're looking at all these people and this is how you think you're supposed to look and you don't have any money like what do you do i don't know i feel sorry for young girls hey, because those women don't have like realistic bodies it's like they're manufactured bodies and i'm sure guys love them because they're everything that a guy would want very very curvy and everything but uh it's uh really tough on girls. I think nowadays I feel sorry for them anyway, but I do like to look at those pictures because I'm just mesmerized by the craziness of it all anyway. So that's the only kind of stuff I really look on Instagram. But what, what was I talking about? Oh, the social media stuff. So yeah, I don't have I have a Facebook page for the show. It's strictly anonymous, uh, but I don't engage on it. I hate Facebook. So you could go there. I I won't know. But what I love for people to do, uh, which I will know about, is write into the show and give me your two cents. People write in all the time. Mostly it's good stuff. Like my people write in how much they love the show. And sometimes it's like advice. Like, hey, your volume really sucks. Or, you know, I don't know. What else did people ever say to me? Oh, let people like stop cutting them off. I think somebody actually one of my guys who called in and was a guest actually told me that. Um, and I love stuff like that because I I am a work in progress. I always listen to my podcasts and I'm always horrified by mistakes that I make or things that I do wrong and I'm always trying to be better. So if you if there's something that kind of irritates you and you think I could work on it, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast@gmail.com at uh, You could also send me an email there if you want to be on the show. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast@gmail.com at com. I love to have people on the show. I love to help people with their problems. Like I said, I give... I give unprofessional advice so if you're looking for advice or problem because like your friends are sick of talking to you about it or you have no friends or you don't want to talk to anyone about this problem and you want to remain anonymous that's what my show is all about you can uh, email me at strictly anonymous podcast at com, and I'll have you on the show um, and that's what, who I have on the show today I have on a listener and it's a female which I always get so excited about because I never have a, I don't have as many women on the show I have had women on and Uh, I mostly have guys because of where I advertise, Uh, but most of my women I get were women that were listeners of the show and they write in and I love that. Uh, This girl's name is Cookie. Her made up name is Cookie, which I love. I think it's really cute and she's got she a lives a double life and B has a problem that she needs advice on and the problem is her double life, which is her very abusive boyfriend uh, who she's been dating for a while and uh, nobody knows about him. And it's a really interesting story. I don't want to give out too many of the details because then why do you have to listen? But it's basically she's dating a physically abusive guy and nobody knows about it. And she's living a double life. And she, this is literally the first time like her telling me the fact that she's with him is the first time she's ever telling anybody in the past four years that she's even with this guy. So she's a little nervous at first, but she comes clean. She, We talk about everything, uh, how they met how long they've been dating, you know, how abusive he's been, why she doesn't tell anybody. And uh and then some. So it's a really great podcast. So I'm just going to get right to it and be right back with Cookie.
0: Do you have a story, lifestyle or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.
1: Hi, is this Cookie? Hi. Hi, Cookie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I think I have my volume set. So, uh, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. So, I didn't, I'm not going to read your email because it's basically like the whole story. I want you to sort of, talk, you know, tell the story yeah. yourself. So, why don't you explain what the deal is and what you're calling in for? Oh, God.
2: Okay. So um i'm like really nervous though but i think it'll be good Um, oh don't
1: worry we're pre-recorded so this is like a you know pretend you're you're just talking to are you nervous because you're like uh, being taped because it's pre-recorded it's not like live so i could edit anything out if you fuck up like don't worry about it yeah i don't know
2: i think i'm just nervous i like no like no one knows the truth about this whole thing i know but it's anonymous
1: (laughs) i don't know who the fuck you are and that's why (laughs) it's such a good way to do it if you're gonna do it this is the way to do it so
2: yeah yeah um, so five years ago, I had been like, you know, getting over a breakup and whatever. I was like 25 at the time. And I guess like four and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I was with my roommate one night and we decided to go out, even though like we weren't even going to go out that night. We were both it was like 11 o'clock. We were both like lying in bed and she was like, we need to get out of the house. So we ended up going out to this place. I mean, like, it wasn't even a wild night. Like, we just went and we, like, had a drink. And we're sitting there and these guys walked in. And I remember her being like, they're going to come over and talk to us. And I was like, yeah, okay, like, you know, you go out to a bar. Of course, guys come over and talk to you. Right. And um, we came over and we met. We started talking. And, like, pretty much, like, we didn't even go home together that night. We just exchanged numbers. The That was like super hard and we just like connected right away. And like pretty much for the past five years, we've been together ever since then for all intents and purposes.
1: Okay, cool. What are we um, going to call him? What's his, your cookie? What's his name? God. John? Um. We could call him. Did you say John? You want to call him John?
2: Yeah, we Let's call him John. Let's okay. Him.
1: Okay, cool. So yeah. John gives you his number. You guys get, you guys exchange numbers with John and then you guys start dating.
2: We start dating and actually my roommate starts dating the guy like he was with so it was like four of us all the time mm-hmm. that's um, convenient <laughs> it was convenient but also like so bad um <laughs> so so and they're like best friends from you know their hometown um and the two of us are like really close so it's like this whole incestuous weird thing uh mm-hmm. We started dating, and basically it's just like he had um, unbeknownst to me at the time, he was um, doing like steroids and a lot of coke Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: stuff. And he so he had like a really good job at the time. Um, and is doing all these drugs and stuff, which I don't really know about. I mean, I know we drink, and, like, occasionally we would go out and, like, we poke on, like, a party night or whatever, but nothing crazy.
1: Yeah, I had um, a boyfriend like that. He was actually snorting heroin, and I had no idea until, like, a year and a half right? after we broke up. Swear to God.
2: Yeah, like, we, we were 20... He was 23, and I was 25, so we were going out and partying, like, pretty hard. We live in a huge city, like... Right. Both having a good time, both social, you know? So I wouldn't think that. And I grew up with, like, a lot of drug addiction in my family. So, like, usually... I and I like work my current job is working with people. Um without these problems. So usually like I'm pretty good at figuring this shit out, but it was like steroids. Like I didn't really know about that at all. Right.
1: And um, people get really angry on steroids. Yeah. Really scary yeah. angry.
2: Scary angry. And he's also the type like he's not like like he has a lot of underlying anger and mm-hmm. like when he drinks it turns into a different person. So this is all like shit that I'm learning like the first year we're together.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: you know, it was just one of those like, horrible, toxic relationships where, like, it's like the person will cheat on you. You find out, you still go back with them. It's like, and I consider myself, like, a really strong, independent person. And, like, for some reason, this is just, like, my kryptonite
1: Everyone has that. It's That's our, like, dysfunctional thing. I mean, we all have that. And I think that that's, like, the relationship that's really, like, sort of... Like it just triggers your dysfunctional history with your parents or whatever. And those are the ones, you know, when you're in that kind of relationship, when you cannot leave, like you lose all sense of yourself and stuff, but there's a lot of like strong lessons that you're being learned. I think that you learn from those kind of things, but you really feel trapped. That's how, you know, you're working through something like that. Cause it's like you, like you say, you're a strong, I've been there and I'm a pretty strong person too. And you can't mm-hmm. get out no matter what. It's like it's you almost sort of feel like two people. Because you can even look at yourself in the middle of it and be like, what the fuck's wrong with me? But you can't stop the madness.
2: No. Like, so many times throughout this whole thing, I've been like, oh, my God, I'm such an idiot. Like, I give my <laughs> friends advice. And, like, I, I am doing opposite, you know? So, like. Yeah, but let me ask you this. So,
1: in that first year, though, really quick, did you a fa- find out about the and hero- about the um, steroids and cocaine uses within that first year, or you, you were yeah. just dealing with ramifications? Like, how did you find out?
2: Like, I would so I would notice that he would get like really crazy and angry and stuff. But again, I thought he was just like being a boy and whatever mm-hmm. and. Then one day I came home, and it was, you know, the point in the relationship, and this all happened quickly, which is how, you know, it's like, mad unhealthy, but um I can't, like, he was staying with me all the time, or I was staying with him all the time. Like, mm-hmm. we wouldn't spend a night apart. And I came home, and I was, like, looking for something in this drawer next to my nightside table that I, like, never really go in. Mm-hmm. Like, the drawer you have with just, like, mail and shit in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. And I, there was, like, a needle in there. And I was like, What the fuck? But it was like big and I like I know what a heroin needle looks like obviously mm-hmm. from growing up and I was just like, What the fuck is this? And so I started just like ripping shit apart. So I was also freaking out. Like I don't wanna see that in my own home. I grew up with that shit. I don't want it around me, you know, like you know, I started like freak out, I'm, like ripping my room apart and I found like three vials of like steroids in Canada or where the fuck you get them and I was just like, What the hell is this? I, wow, like, and he was, like, bringing
1: and, it to your house, right? Like, that's yeah, crazy because you guys are hanging out so much, so he just had to actually bring it and hiding it in your drawers. That's that's hilarious.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. And, like, I hadn't noticed. And, like, so that was how I found out about that. We had this big conversation. Like, he said after he finished the cycle he wasn't going to do it anymore. And at that point, like, our fighting, like, you know, we were just this, like, one of those toxic couples that, like, fights are crazy and, like, definitely physical, but also then, like, makes up and is like really passionate like fucks like crazy and it's just totally. kind of like we both were into like the the chaos of the drama like horribly codependent and crazy mm-hmm.
1: totally <laughs> you see it all the time by the way and listen you said like five times already like it was like you know i saw that shit growing up so i was like it really freaked me out so it's just like right there all of a sudden that trigger when you see that first thing it triggers you back into your past and then all of a sudden you're like reliving that and that's where it becomes like about your past and that's why you stay because you're trying to rework that shit
2: totally and like not for nothing like my dad died really suddenly when i was 21 Mm -hmm. and like you know i still like i've always been really good at like Going to school, getting great grades, having great jobs, like my professional life is really great. You know, I'm very successful for my age, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's because I don't deal with anything else, you know, you like, know
1: listen, that, that, that part of your life and every other part of your life, besides like love and like relationships, you yeah. could be in control of, you know, it's a lot of times yeah. really smart people that are super great at that stuff, have the hardest time in relationships because it's the antithesis. They have to be like the antithesis of who they are in their, in, or the reason why they're successful in everything else is because you're super controlling and you're super disciplined and you're super logical, you know what I mean? And yeah. super focused. Yeah. Those are all things that get in the way of relationships. So a lot of times you yeah. find that more so in people like that anyway, I think.
2: Yeah, totally. So, you know, we had all this conversation about that and then, you know, he claimed he was only drinking coke when, like, we would go and again, like, I would do it once in a while. Uh-huh. I'm not like I drink, i party, but I'm not like a big cokehead, Drug person.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm more of a you know to drink so he was like no I only do it once in a while with you so and I hadn't really found out about that like as much yet um and you know he said he was gonna stop after the cycle but, like didn't really and like things were getting really bad like we were getting in like huge fights and like you know he was he was really strong and then when you do steroids it's like you're even you have like inhuman strength or whatever so yeah. like I got got fucked up a little bit, and that's how I started. Like, but what do you mean by fucked
1: up? Because you also said before, and you just like breezed over it. You said, "Oh, it got physical," and now you got fucked up. Like, I mean, what do you mean by that? Like, was he like? I mean, he like there were like
2: some bruises I had to like explain away, you
1: know? Right. Well, Um, would he like punch you in the face? Like, how'd you get those bruises? Like specifically, what would he do? Like, would he hold you down? Would he wrestle you? Would he smack you? Like, what would he do? Yeah, we
2: had like one particular fight that I remember. It was like. Uh, really early in the morning because he came home and like I hadn't heard from him at all he said he was coming home from work he worked a late shift he would work from like three to midnight uh-huh. um, so I was like up waiting and then he never showed and I was really upset And like I caught him talking to other girls and stuff so, like it was like that whole I sat there that whole night like stewing and waiting and he showed up at like six in the morning and I was like what the fuck so it just started and like we started going back and forth, like, saying she really mean shit to each other, like, saying shit that we know the other ones, like, insecure about. Of course, like, he's totally fucked up on drugs and alcohol and has become, like, this other person. And, like, we started fighting, and he, like, went outside to go get in the car, and I was, like, not going to drive, obviously. Um, and we just started going crazy. And he, like, punched me in my arm really hard. And I was, like, what the fuck? And then he threw me against a brick wall okay the apartment now yeah, did you fight was, back like what happened what did yeah, you totally. do
1: okay so you're fighting back at him so you guys just start having like a physical fight with each other
2: yeah and it was not good and and I that's the thing like i don't want this to be like you know i'm obvi- i mean obviously this is domestic violence but i don't want to come across on this thing like i'm some like poor you know you're some what abused woman like some poor abused woman like we were fighting each other like i don't it was like, well, you stuck off for I yourself,
1: but you're still, like, it's still a little scary yeah. when you're, like, fighting. You know, it's not really a fair fight, okay? <laughs> because you got some crazy, no, like, happened. you know, you're not on roids. You're not a guy. You're not, right. you know, you don't have anger issues. So, right. you know, it's not. And he's,
2: like, a really, like, pretty in shape guy. Like, for sure. Yeah. So, you
1: know. I would still well. call remember... you a victim of that scenario. I wouldn't say it's, yeah. you know. Okay, go on.
0: Yeah. That's the first time think-
1: he did it? Like, that was the first fight, right? The first time you saw that he was violent with that you? was
2: Yeah, that was, like, yeah. And now, had you ever
1: had, like, your relationship history before him? Had you, I know you grew up, and, like, in your family, besides the drugs, was there a lot of physical violence as well that you saw growing up?
2: Not in my, like, immediate family, but um, we had, like, a pretty big extended family, and, like, we'd see it, but not, like, crazy like that. Right. My dad had, and my dad was great, but my dad had, like, a pretty bad, temper. But uh-huh. he, I mean, he never hit us or anything, but he was like a pretty he could be pretty aggressive, dude.
1: Right. So he had um, the anger issues maybe a little bit as well.
2: For sh- Oh, for sure. Right. And, like not even toward us, like toward other people.
1: Right. And then for for you, I mean, like you said, not for nothing my father did die when I'm 21. I mean, you have, definitely have to put that in the equation that definitely you know, uh, affects you in the way you have relationships because that's like, you know, that's really hard. That's a hard age. I mean, you lost your father suddenly, right? At 21?
2: Sorry, what? You lost your father suddenly.
1: Suddenly, at twenty-one, is that when? Oh yeah, yeah. Right. And how did he die? He had a
2: heart
1: attack. Right. So out of so you know, and I think that that's like really. I mean, that's like I said, it's going to affect you too. You have to know that. That has to be a part of your story,
2: Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. And it like you know it was like it's this weird thing like I have a sister and she's five years older so it was like he and he wasn't like. it, my dad wasn't like obese or like he wasn't like someone you'd think of having a heart attack. It's like a very out of nowhere thing. He didn't have heart problems. He was healthy. Like, right. Crazy. So, yeah, you hear that um, a lot.
1: I think a lot with a lot of men. I don't know if it's the anger thing. Sometimes it's genetics. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah,
2: I think it was like a mix of things and like he had a stressful job that probably didn't help.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. All that um, stuff.
2: But it was like I was between my last two years, of, my last. I was the summer before my senior year of college.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I went right back to school and, you know, was I, I haven't really, like, been around my family. Like, I left and that was that. Like, I, I don't know. I haven't really dealt with it yet emotionally. Of Whatever.
1: course. It's so hard. Like, that's that's like a crazy thing. It's like, that's like a sharp right turn. You know what I mean? Like, out of nowhere totally. for something like that to Changed happen. My whole life. Yeah, because yeah. and without expecting it, especially. I mean, I think it's just equally as traumatizing if someone goes from cancer because then you have to go through watching them die, and that's. But totally. like in this situation, it's just as traumatizing because it's like so unexpected. You have no, you have no idea. You know, yeah. he was fine one day and then he goes right. That's crazy. Yeah,
2: yeah, super crazy. So, um, but
1: your relationship history in the past. So you had never had a guy before. Like, had you had long term boyfriends before this guy?
2: Yeah, not not none. I would say like I had a long term boyfriend in college, I guess like it's two years. But that you know. But no physical then, violence
1: before this guy. No. Okay.
2: So the first time he did like you. an older guy when uh-huh. I was young, like, I, when I was, like, 16, I dated a guy who was, like, 25 and, like, told my parents he was 19, but he wasn't physically violent, because that's just, like, creepy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I was 15, I dated a guy who was 21 for, like, two years. I didn't even realize he yeah. was creepy until now, maybe looking back, I no, don't even either. know. either. At the uh-huh. time, I was, like, this is totally
2: fine, but, like, looking back, I'm, like, ew.
1: Yeah, on his end, not yours, though. I think the guys is no. the more, right? I don't know.
2: <laughs> um, like, I remember thinking, like, if one of my guys told me he was dating, like, this is <laughs> It'd be like he's fucking serious,
1: Exactly that's how I look at my guy too
2: Um, But
1: so this was So that first time though that he hits you I had a guy once hit me once And we had a full blown fight for like Two hours because I definitely fought back And we beat the shit out of each other, whatever And then I literally never saw him again Until like years later Like that scared the shit out of me and that was done But that wasn't a part of my history. I'd never seen it. I don't know. Like, for me, that was, like, a major deal breaker. So for you, like, that happens, and it's so horrifying, but you go right back to him, right? Is that, like... Oh, yeah. Right. Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty, secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool, too. Four two zero three five seven nine. You could call that number twenty four seven. I change all the voices on the confessions too, so you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. So it wasn't hours later, right? (laughs) Hours later, not even like two days later.
0: (laughs) No.
2: No, like he slept it off, and I was really upset, and we were mad at each other, and it was just like
1: okay, right? Okay, so and did you tell people about? Well, no, it's 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 no. it's not so weird because I think most people that have a history of that or fall into that, that's the way it works. Um, did yeah. did you uh, tell any friends or did you keep that a secret?
2: I kept it a secret for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't tell anyone. I like me. I was like, oh, like I don't know like the essential like cliche like I fell it on the stairs and shit like that I
0: made up no but listen those
2: um,
1: cliches exist because that's the way it typically goes right that you did the same yeah. shit you were making up stuff for the bruises did it escalate where like now that he hit you once now it was he was able to do it all the time
2: it wouldn't be like and I mean still to this day I mean not that it's different now but like it wasn't like a regular thing but it would be like these and it, it always has do with
1: stuff with what
2: it's never like it always has to do with when he's drinking and stuff it's never like when he's
1: sober right he's definitely someone that that should be sober probably always he probably should not Uh, be he can't do drugs or alcohol he probably should be a sober person (laughs)
2: he needs to be a sober person. He, yeah. like, has gotten in legal trouble because of shit he's doing when he's drinking. Like yeah, he's, he's not somebody like he that shouldn't drink.
1: drink. Yeah, I don't drink. I'm sober for 12 years because I'm a person that yeah. can't do that that kind of stuff. It's just not right for me. And most people can, but some people can't, and he's definitely someone yeah. that should not. But, um, so, when you say it's not, like, a regular thing, would you say it would happen once a month, two times a year? Like, what was the consist? Like, what was... When did it happen?
2: Like, somewhere in between there. Like, I would... Like, maybe, I guess, like, once a month or, like,
1: less. Right. Okay, so he abuses you. You you sit in, but you have no like, you don't leave him for a while. You date him I, for how long? No.
2: So, the year before the whole restraining order mess it was like a year.
1: Right. So you dated um, for a year. What broke you guys up at the end of that year? If like the fighting. I didn't... had like,
2: no, it wasn't. And it was like I had um. Oh, okay, yeah. I am um, trying to think. There's so many of that. I mean, it's been so long now. <laughs> Should has uh-huh. been going on. It's, Right, this is just um, a backstory,
1: because the truth is, and I'll just let my listeners know where this leads to, is you guys break up, broke up, and everyone's happy. You're not with this guy anymore, but you've been secretly with him for a while again now. Oh, yeah. Right. So I'm just getting the backstory, but eventually you guys break up. So let's fast forward to that. Like, you guys, like I said, I mean, he's beating the shit out of you, kind of. You don't really care about, like, you don't break up with him. Like, what was the thing that he did that made you break up? Because you knew he was also cheating on you, too, Right.
2: So, yeah, well, I would catch like shit in his phone or whatever. And then one day he told me he was going to work mm-hmm. on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sick. I had a cold. Yeah. I'm home. I spoke to him before. He has this sort of job where he actually can't, like, text or talk during. I don't want to say too much because I'll like, give it away. But he yeah, can't totally. text or talk during uh-huh. um, And so he would usually call me before he went in and then call me and he was on his way home. Um, it would get to the point where I was like happy for those seven hours, like no right. fucking contact. Um, so I'm in bed and my roommate had been over, had gone to her boyfriend's apartment. He lives with my boyfriend. Um, and she comes flying in to our apartment like 12 at night. I'm still up, coughing, whatever, crying. And she's like, stop, there's a girl over there. I just found her with a girl over there. There's some girl in the house. He tried to hide her from me and her in his room. But she's there.
1: So your guy is there w- with her boyfriend using that house to, like, screw another girl behind your back. Yeah. Oh, my God.
2: And I was, like, no, he's at work. And she was, like, no, there's a girl there. Like, go over there right now. So I, like, get ready to go. And then my best friend calls me and just happens to call me. And I just, like, started crying. And she was, like, do not go over there. One, because you're going to, like, beat the shit out of this girl and go to jail. And two, like it's not her fault. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And, and you know, I was just, like, so angry. I was like, ah. So my friends came and picked me up and I ended up going and staying with them um, for a couple of days and like, they didn't talk to him and then I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm not gonna see him again.
1: Right. So that was, like, the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, finally, something was so bad that, like, you were able to, like, cut that tie. And how yeah. long did you guys just stay broken up for?
2: I want to say, like, it was a couple of months. It was a couple of months and like like a month went by and we had no contact and I actually like started to rebuild and that was when I like told my best friend that there had been like physical stuff and um that was like a huge deal and then you know I started to like I went to like a therapist twice because I don't really like that even though like I probably should be someone to <laughs> therapy I like this. yeah <laughs> and um I was, like, starting to be really good. And so, like, there was a month of no contact. And, like, slowly with surely he would, like, call me or text me or, like, something just, like, little. Mm-hmm. And I would ignore him. And then I was, like, you know what? I really can't do this anymore. And then this, like, onslaught of obsession started. And he was, like, freaking out, calling me all the time, like, being really crazy. And it got to the point where I ended up having to file a restraining order that I didn't want to do. My mm-hmm. cousin kind of, like my cousin lives in the same city, and she was like, we have to do this, we have to do it, we have to do it. And she was like, it's the best thing. And I was like, no, because I feel like so in love with this guy, and like, you know, she couldn't let it go. It's like this toxic, horrible thing. Uh-huh. So, you know, we ended up going through that. Um, on, you know, Did he Indiana listen Wars. to the...
1: Did he listen to the... No.
2: Uh,
0: yes. Of course, I, this is
1: what I don't get. I mean, this is just a side note thing, because you always hear about these things. That I just don't see how that really works or how people think that does anything because these people don't ever follow it do they really like what does it mean of order of protection it doesn't really? and people kept
2: saying that to me like just get it on paper just get it on paper and I'm like well it's not going to mean a lot if it's on paper and like we're both dead like, no okay, it, it happens
1: paper. all the time I don't really see the big thing of it like I don't know it doesn't seem to but- do much for the, the person because these people no, if they're stalking you and they're doing that like he didn't stop right he still was like sort of pursuing you even when you had that order of protection against him
2: yeah, and, like, I didn't know. So this is another, like, saying oh, so much to this point. I didn't know if he had a warrant out. He would like, gotten super drunk and, like, was publicly intoxicated. And when they, like, stopped him to give him a ticket, he had coke on him.
0: Mm-hmm. And, again, I didn't
2: know the extent of his cocaine. So he had a warrant out because he didn't go to his court date for coke possession. So when they went to serve him with their restraining order, they arrested. him and go get into jail which is like really what I didn't want to happen oh no that was
1: the best thing for you if he was in jail
2: (laughs) I know that's the best way to protect
1: yourself (laughs) that would have been the best way to get him away from you the only way really
2: I know but I just like you know I'm still like in love with him and like exactly you know everyone's just like no 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 like you can't ever speak to him again like he's horrible and like people didn't really know it was just like it was just like so hard and terrible and I you know I knew it was the right thing to do but like my heart wasn't in it and can't really do that kind of thing unless you're 100% behind it because then it's even less effective
1: no you were still addicted to him you're still in that codependent dependent place so in order the fact that you didn't see it the way everyone else did just was a proof of that you know
2: yeah, so he ended up like going to jail and his mom like called me and was like flipping the fuck out and like his whole thing is like his mom is like a nice person but she a hundred percent has never held her kids accountable for anything
1: right mm-hmm. um, she didn't teach him how like, to like control his anger and any of that stuff obviously no. and
2: like his like nothing was ever his fault he was like he's like a he was like a big football star and stuff in high school and like nothing was ever his fault like he could be caught red-handed doing a crime and like somehow she would turn it into being somebody else as
1: well. Yeah, it's funny because I was just having a conversation with my friend about um we both know two people in our lives who we're friends with who are very like angry hothead assholes. And uh yeah. it's so obvious to me that the my angry asshole hothead is that way because <laughs> he just wasn't trained properly. You know what I mean? He like when right. he goes into that place, it's I don't look at him as like a scary dude. I look at him as like a five-year-old you know emotional mess and I just feel like you know at that point in his life somebody didn't come in and teach him how to deal with all those feelings because he's super sensitive and he has a lot of feelings and so these people grow up to be you know like a mess and it's because they weren't raised properly I think like their parents didn't give them the proper tools of how to control their emotions and their feelings and I think some kids are probably more difficult than others you know and parents just don't know what to do he's probably very emotional very sensitive very powerful and his mother was like probably didn't know what to do so just let him do anything and now he He's like scary because he's an adult and he can actually hurt people with, you know, the shit that he does. Yeah. yeah, and you
2: know, he was like that kid in school, like you know, just like you were saying, like had ADHD and like couldn't be controlled and like right. fucking huge problems until he got into sports and like you know.
1: Yeah, and, and the sad so. thing is, no one can really help them except themselves. So you're, so you go back to him after all of this, obviously, right? Yep. So he gets out of jail and then you like, do you pick him up and like take him home?
2: (laughs) But I I mean, how do you keep, so
1: you've been dating him though, right? For four years, right? For
2: at that, at that point.
1: No, now let's get to the point. Yeah. You've been dating him all like really. You only took a break for a very short time then. Right. Yeah. You went back, but you went back secretly.
2: I did go back secretly it was like how do you... you know i wasn't even like yeah huh no
1: go on what were you gonna say
2: i wasn't even living in my same apartment anymore and like it just got to be too much and finally he like called me he's like i just really want to see you i love you like i know i'm such a fuck up like that really woke me up like please and like i met up with him and it was just like that like net nah, shouldn't have done it shouldn't have done it and what? that was like what made it all dissolve. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. And then you continue to date him, but you decided mm-hmm. to keep it a secret from everybody?
2: Yeah, everybody. Like so, literally nobody knows.
1: But how do you keep a full-fledged relationship from everybody in your life? Did you do you not have contact with your friends or are you just like when you have things no. to go to, he doesn't go with you? Like how do you keep it a secret? I would never be able to do that.
2: It's so hard. It's been like eating me up inside. I like like this is like a huge problem. It's something that like it's really difficult. I mean, like he goes and like he'll go to state and like live with his family and whatever. And so, you know, and it's my house that he lives in. Um, he lives with you. Yeah.
1: And nobody not- knows. Do your friends ever come over your house? I mean, I know I live in New they York do. City, like, when and he's no one bald. ever comes over people's houses in New York. So, you know, huh? sometimes I get if people don't go over your house, you know, because that's not how they do it here. But like, how do people not see his shit in your house? What do you do? Clean up or like hide his stuff? yeah and like he i'm sorry he, if i was your I, friend i would know i really believe I, I would know don't you think some of your I friends know. have an idea does
2: anyone question you oh like a little but i also have this job where i work especially in the winter time i work like almost all the time right so like it's not unusual for me not to really be around and for when i am around like sleeping.
1: Alright, but don't um, they wonder I- why in the past four years you haven't had one relationship or met any guys or anything? Like do they ever tell you like, wow, you should start dating again or something? Like do they wonder Yeah,
2: and like I kinda like I ha- like I've I've done some shit behind his back. <laughs> oh, you've cheated on him? Yeah.
1: How So does he still let me ask you this. This is the big question that I want to know. Like, does he still do those things? Does he still cheat on you? Does he still physically, uh, you know, abuse you? Like, do those things still go on? Do you still have that same horrible relationship with him?
2: No, it's definitely gotten calmer. Like there have been instances. Like I'm not happy, and like this is the part that like this is why I ended up writing to because I remember I remember listening to that one the podcast you had about Sarah, and I was like, well, this is really crazy. So maybe I can talk to her about this. Exactly. This is also yeah. So crazy. Right. You're not um, happy. Um, no, I'm not. And I told him that, and I, mean, I was, like tried to break up, but it was like he was like, on his unemployed for a little while, and like. He had no one, and he does this thing where he's like, I don't have anyone. And like, he, the thing is, that's just so crazy. Is like, he knows that he's like a secret and like kind of just puts up with it. And, and I have been like, we really shouldn't see each other anymore. Like, this is so crazy. And then he'll freak out, and he does still get scary. It's a much calmer relationship now, but like, I'm scared about what's gonna happen if you really do
1: right if you really right the reason why he doesn't sort of go you know cross the line is because you continue to stay with him but if you really did put your foot down and say this is it what would he do to get you you know i mean he would have to do something crazy right i mean it's probably he's probably not just gonna let you go so you're kind of backed into a a scary corner for sure and i think that's what happens to a lot of women in your position that's why people say why don't they leave why don't they you know i think that's
2: what. Yeah. And that's why they find us I, I get tired of stressing out over it, so I'm just like, all right, whatever, I don't care. And like, I'll go do my own thing and see my friends. And like, I've gone on dates, I've seen people. I, you know, I, not a lot because it makes me uncomfortable. And again, like, I don't really like. I've never really been a cheater. Like, I don't really like it. Mm-hmm. I don't. It doesn't, like, it makes me more anxious than anything. Like, I know some people get off on that, and I get it, but, like, I don't like it. it. (laughs) Yeah, but you've
1: kind of put yourself in a position where you have no choice but to do it. I get it. Like, I get that you're probably doing a lot of things that are not like you because that's why I don't lie in life because one lie leads to another leads to 50 others you know what i mean every it's like a domino effect right so here you have this fake relationship and you're well, not a fake but you know what i mean you're hiding it and then you have to hide everything else and it just like escalates and before you know it you have to lie about everything and you're like oh my god you're living like a total double life or triple life you know yeah. and i think that's what happens and that's why it's just too much you know it's too exhausting it how do you much. how do you keep up with all those lies how do you keep up with all that stuff you know and then you start to feel bad about yourself like you said because you're like this isn't really me but it's like what who you've become you know and I think listen people judge people like oh I would never do that and you know sometimes you don't know where you wind up in life the shit that you do you never say never because you never know you know you
2: don't know
1: you know and shit happens and if you're not and you're young you were young when all this sort of started so you know it's easy to get yourself involved with things and then you don't know how to dig yourself out that's the hard part
2: yeah, and it's, like, shit has happened. It's been, like, I mean, it's been really hard, and I'm not, like, I take full accountability for this. I don't, like, I know it's my, you know, my bullshit that got me here, but, um, you know, there have been, like, things that have happened between us, and, like, traumatizing things that have happened, like, whether it be, and again, it's, like, a lot less volatile now, but, like, more fighting and stuff where I literally just have to, like, suck it up and, like, put on a different face and, like, go live my other life where I have, like, my normal friends and my family and my job and stuff.
1: But you have nobody to talk to when things get bad with him, right? Yeah, like that's crazy. No, I only have him
2: to talk to. I only talk to him about it. (laughs) And you can't talk to him about him, right? No. And when I do, you know, he doesn't get it. He's not, I'm not going to say he's the deepest, so.
1: (laughs) Right, but when you say you're unhappy, like what are, like at this point, what are you unhappy with? Do you feel like you've sort of outgrown the relationship, but you don't know how to end it? Yeah, Yeah,
2: like I want to, like I know I have to be done. I know that this like can't—it's like a—this can't, isn't the person I'm going to, like, get married to if I decide I want to get married. Like, too much is going on. And I know it's unhealthy, and I also know that, like, I'm not trying to sound like a bitch. But, like, I have a lot of shit going for me, and, like, he does not share the same, like, motivation for life.
1: No, but that's what—you're I you're around 30, right?
2: Yeah, I'm 39.
1: Yeah, that's what happens around that age. I find that you know, when you're in your twenties, you date people and you're never thinking about your future, right? I dated like broke musicians in my twenties, you know, because it's like <laughs> I wasn't ever thinking I'm going to marry that, you know. You don't, you're not thinking of the future really. But when you cross over and you start to get a little bit more mature and you start to think, you think of different things, you know, and so you do look at people like you know, and you judge them in a different way, or you know. So you're. Yeah. I know you said in your email to me that you're going to law school. And you're changing your whole life soon. I think that that's really going to help you. And because what is he going to do? Move with you? You told me you're moving out of a city, you're moving from where you're living from, right? To someplace totally different, right? So I feel like that's that's the best thing you could have done for yourself, because in that sense, you're not leaving him just to leave him because which would send him on a crazy rage. You know, you're leaving him to go to school. So I think that that's like the really smart way to do it if you have to do it with somebody like that, because he won't personalize it as much. And what is he going to do? Follow you to the other city? Like, have you guys talked about what he's going to do when you move?
2: He like, so this is the thing, like, and this has been like the whole, like, when I said I was gonna apply, he's like, he's never been really supportive about it, and he's kind of like, well, you have a really good job now, and I don't understand, and it's like, well, you don't understand because like, you're not somebody who like aspires for more and like dreams of things for yourself, like right. this is something I've always wanted to do, mm-hmm. and. So, you know, he just kind of, like, brushed off music, kind of trying to sabotage it. Like, the morning and the night before the LSAT was just such a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. Like, he kicked this fight, and, like, we got in a crazy fight, and I ended up, like, leaving late, and it was, like, all, like, fucking crazy. And I still ended up doing well, and, like, I almost feel like, like, I'm not a religious person, but I almost feel like this is some sort of, like, divine intervention. Like, I still did well on the test. I ended up getting into this school that's in a different city with, like, a full scholarship. So like, yeah,
1: somebody's helping you, maybe some other part of yourself or some other part of whoever, whatever, something's helping you get out of this situation. Because, you know, sometimes when you can't help yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, it just something comes in. Like you say, you think it's a divine intervention. Maybe it's just like some other part of you, this really smart part of you that's yeah. really working to get yourself out of this situation. And you're doing the right thing for sure.
2: Yeah. So, and I don't know, like, so he hasn't, like, really talked about it, except to be like, yeah, yeah, like, I want to stay together, and I'll be like, yeah, okay, definitely, because I know that, like, once I leave, I can also just be like, okay, bye, like, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. He knows that. Really I mean, please. Yeah. It's really funny, because after I emailed you that night, he had gone to work and didn't get home until, like, 2.30 in the morning, and I was like, fuck, I know this kid's out drinking, and he hasn't gone out drinking in a really long time, because he can't handle it.
0: Mm-hmm. and
2: he came home like in a rage about me leaving and I was like, I can't fucking believe you did Like in a complete rage, like throwing shit around and, and that like cemented for me like, Oh, this is the right decision. But it was like, finally came out in him, like how angry he is and how he's like, fuck, boss, you should go, you know, like, fuck you. and like, just saying all this like really mean stuff that he says when he's drunk, that he knows we'll get to me. Um, well, and showing how he like, really
1: feels about it, because listen, that's probably like listen. Anybody that's dating someone and is in, in love with them is going to be hurt and upset if they find yeah, out that they're yeah. leaving them to go to school. You know, what I mean, that's a bad situation for anybody. But you know, for somebody like him, like not a lot of women, and he knows this on some level, okay, are going to put up with his bullshit. Right? He found sort of the perfect girl. Right? You sort yeah, of put up yeah. with his stuff. You keep that secret life, like you do. You know, I, he's not going to get a lot of other people that are going to sign up for that that shit so he can't if he loses you he might have to change and be a better person you know with you he could kind of be himself and you accept him and so of course he's going to hold on to you as hard as he can
2: Yeah, But you're doing the
1: best thing Sorry I just cut you off again You're doing the best thing though for the both of you I mean what you're doing is not only going to help you It's going to help him too Because people shouldn't put up with the way that he is He Mm -hmm. needs to be taught that Just because your mommy put up with you that way Like nobody else is going to You know what I mean and he needs to clean up his act He needs to get off of drugs He needs to stop drinking and stop acting like an asshole He definitely shouldn't shoot up steroids And he needs to act like a decent human being To be in a relationship where he shouldn't have one You know um, and you're totally. going to be better like, for yourself because you're leaving.
2: Yeah. I'm like not my best self. Like, again, like I'm unhappy. And it this like slow depression, almost like this like, slow apathy that, like, you know, I used to be like a really active and shaped person. I'm like, put on like some weight. Like, I'm just like depressed. And I know that once I get away from the situation, like, I can start like. Doing the shit I want to do, and not just being like, oh, like I won't go out tonight. Like I don't feel like dealing with them. Just like, stay, like, Oh my god, your whole
1: life center. is gonna change. You're like, it's like you're literally trapped in jail. Like seriously, <laughs> you're gonna look back at this time of your life. It's so dark. You know what I mean? It's such a weird place that you put yourself in. I've been there. I've had really bad relationships where I had a, uh, like where I felt like I had to hibernate with them, and I was away from the world, and I wasn't living my life. You know, and when you get out of that. It's so traumatizing that you probably will never get back. And hopefully you'll never, it'll be that bad that you're like, oh, you'll never wind up sort of crossing that line and trapping yourself in that position again, because it's such a bad place, right? Look how long it's taken to get yourself yeah. out. And like you said, it's not a normal place to be. And I do believe when you lie and you hold on and you're not being <laughs> yourself, it affects you physically. Like you gain weight and you, you know, cause you're not letting, you're not like, you're not – your flow is all fucked up, you know? Have you thought yeah. of sort of when you're actually going to admit to people the truth of all this? Because I think that that in some way, and whenever you feel like doing that, will be very good for you at some That's point. That's,
2: like, the thing that I'm the most – like, the thing I feel the most fucked up about is, like, I feel like everyone will be like, oh, my God, you've been lying for so many years. And like, cool, even are you? Like, you're a terrible person. Like, I
0: just <laughs> – like, I can't, and, like,
2: I haven't, I feel like, like, I don't, and this sounds crazy because of a double life, but, like, I'm not a liar. Like, I don't lie about, shit. like, I've never had, like, a, a pattern or a history of lying. Like, I'm not, like, a shady person, and I feel like I haven't told these lies to people about my life. Like, it's been, like, about me and not, like, I wouldn't, like, if say I stole something and someone asked me if I stole, I have this stupid example, but, like, I feel like I'd be like, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. like I, I give people my honest opinion. I, I, everything else I have in my life is presented honestly, except for this like huge thing. (laughs) I know, but
1: you know, that's what, listen, that's why I do my show and that's why I like to talk to people and that's why I love being honest and I like for other people to be honest because it really shows that you could totally not be a liar. You could totally have your shit together. You could totally be a strong woman. You could totally be someone that doesn't. cheat or lie and you could do all those things just because you decide to make a couple wrong decisions and you don't really think them through and you take the wrong path okay and that happens to everyone at some point in their life and that's very humbling and that's why we shouldn't judge other people because we really don't know so i don't think that you know i think you know if you and it's your choice you know whether you want to admit or tell people i think it would be very freeing for you because i think to hold on to that especially as somebody who's so honest and not a liar, I think it's terrible to keep that inside if you release that and yeah. let people know and sort of just explain where you're coming from people will learn from that and understand that that can happen and does happen and anyone that judges you just wait because at some point in their life they'll do something that's totally fucked up and they'll totally understand it because sometimes shit happens and you wind up doing things that you would never imagine and I get that yeah. because I've fucked up many times in my life you know and anybody like I said that judges you it's because they still have been super controlling in their life and they haven't allowed for for those mistakes. But being a human being isn't about not making mistakes, okay? It is about making mistakes. That's how you learn about who you are and you learn you're not perfect and you learn in your fucking 20s that you think you know everything and you're great and you're really fucking not and you have to do a lot of work on yourself like the rest of us. Do you know what I mean? So please, it's not yeah. that big of a deal. You have to like get to a place where you forgive yourself for doing it. You yeah. say I I'm not a liar, but I lied. Okay, that's there's a difference between a liar and somebody who lied you fucking lied and you for a while about a huge thing Okay, but if you could explain that to people and people, you know within context within the story And you could even say like I don't even know why I did it. You know what I mean? Like that That's okay Like I think people will understand it and the people that don't that's fine because they'll understand it Maybe when they make the same kind of mistake in their life
2: Yeah I totally I don't know like I'm gonna have to at some point like I feel like at least my family because again like part of that like the reason I feel so awful about this Uh is not even like obviously like there's a part of my heart that's gonna be really broken when we end up separating because we're codependent and like Uh you know there's still a part of me that's like oh god this is gonna be awful but a big part of this is just like the incredible amount of guilt I feel.
1: Right. But it's also like, listen, when you, I think a lot of like letting go of codependent relationships, a lot of the pain of letting it go is like a letting go of that part of yourself that was working out whatever it was. So it actually is a good ending and a good letting go, but there, you know, any kind of ending is a death, right? So you always feel that first, but it's a positive thing that you're doing, you know, and you're going to move on, you're going to become a lawyer and you know, maybe you will have dysfunctional relationships in the future, but hopefully they won't be like this. Like hopefully you learn from, you, you know, you should learn from this that, you know, for Probably. you, you know what your trigger is. The minute if you don't want to sort of rework that, that you know, that problem in your life or keep hashing it out in hardcore relationships, the minute you start to feel that crazy pull or that, yeah. cra- you know, you have to make sure that you don't, you know, cross a line with that person. Because once you do, you're like trapped in that. And I've got, I know what my triggers are with a certain type of yeah. guy. And how I could get trapped in relationships where I have no sense of myself. Like, I can't have no power. I become powerless, you know?
2: Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, obviously, everything hasn't been all the way above board. But, like, the different guys that I've seen, like, behind his back and stuff. Like, I feel like now, like, whereas before when I met him, I was, like, maybe more insecure. Like, I recognize things in people, and I'm just like, ugh, no, that's not something I want to deal with because of this experience that I've had with Mm them. Like, I feel like I know better now, like...
1: Right. I think what now I, you're just, I, I think now the fact that you're kind of unhappy and you want to get out and you're going to school, like, I think you're like beyond ready to leave and you're over it. I think as women, we feel really bad. A lot of times, like, like when he pulls that thing on you, like, he probably makes you feel really guilty for leaving him because what will he do without you? You're probably a little afraid of leaving him because of what he's done in the past, you know, there. but I think you're very ready. I think, you know, you're past that point and you're going to do it, which is great. It's just a matter of going through the motions and it will be difficult. and will be hard. But the minute you start that school, you're going to have a whole new life. Do you know what I mean? And you're going to look back and be like, oh my God, you're going to know that it was like the best thing and the great thing. And somehow maybe it'll be the best and the great thing for him because he's going to have to face himself without you. He needs a lot of fucking work. And I'm sorry, but neither one of you is probably going to help each other change. You know, you're both, like you said, codependent. Totally not. Right. So you both need to find yourself without each other.
2: Yeah, and he acts like, he's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to go, because he's going to have to move back. i with his mom, and, like, you know, he's like, I'm going to, he'll, like, throw out all these things, and, like, try, he's, like, his big thing is just blaming me for everything, making everything my fault. Of course. And it's just, like, it's gross to me now. Like, I used to feel bad and stuff, but mm-hmm. now I'm just looking at him, and I'm like, dude, you're a grown man. Like, gross. Like, figure it out.
0: Right, I figure exactly.
2: so much shit out by myself all the time. Like, figure it the fuck out. Like, it,
1: Yeah, no, you'll just leave him in the dust. And, you know, unfortunately, you can, you know, reach out to him five years from now and he might still be the same way you're moving forward. He may never he may never work on those parts of himself. That's like his choice. But you've already made the decision to better yourself. And some part of you is doing the right thing. And, you know, you know that there's something else on the horizon and you're moving towards that. And that's great. I think it will you will be met with resistance. It will go down probably really bad. You will be upset, like you said, even though it's codependent and dysfunctional. You love him. You've been with him for a long time. You understand yeah. him, whatever. But you'll be better off from it. And I think you're doing it in the best way. Like I said, if you left him you know, and just moved down the street and said, I just don't want to be with you, like he, that would be a different situation than you saying, I'm going to school. It's a little less personal. I think somebody like him experiences that in a different way, that he... It's not that he doesn't get as angry for it, but I think it's uh, less of a reason for him to lash out on you. I mean, he'll yeah. still be upset and angry. You know what
2: I'm, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but like there's like there's nothing he can do about it. Like if I was just.
1: Exactly,
2: I mean, he, was, he like, says, re- the
1: time. he says ridiculous things to you. Like you have a good job stay. I mean, like really it's like, but you know, he sounds like ridiculous because who would it, who would tell somebody that going to law school, you know, is a bad thing. It's almost like ridiculous for him to argue that, you know? So how, what yeah. could he really say? I mean, he tries, but there's not much argument you could make for a woman no. at 30 and, years and old. I said to, to him
2: like, yeah. like two years ago or whatever, when we were like having this, you know one of those discussions and he was like ah oh, I'm a secret fool and I said to him I was like if you would get your shit together and like get some kind of counseling or treatment or whatever the fuck and like start working and saving your money and like start like building like being able to build a future of some kind like I would feel like I would come clean and I would put us out there and like I would work with you but he hasn't done that I can't wait anymore Right, like, uh-huh. And I don't think... And I
1: think the lesson for you is to come clean eventually on the fact yeah. that, you know, without any of that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, like, come clean but with like, that. that was
2: more, like, us being together, you know, like, I would be like, this is my boyfriend and we're going to work towards it. But I was, like... It, it was it clearly, like, if something's that important to you... And again, like, I've let him get away with it, but, like, he would have stepped up, I feel like. And I, now, I feel like he didn't take it seriously.
1: Well, this is the problem. I think, you know... And just, just the same like some of your family members when they find out what you were really doing, or when when it was really going on, they knew they thought the logical thing for you to do would to have been to leave him. Or you know, sometimes you yeah. know the stuff that drives us, the dysfunctional parts of our being, is so are so powerful that it, it's you you can't help it. It's a lot easy. It's a lot harder for him to really do that. It's not that he can't do the right thing or he's not stepping up. He might not be capable of it right now. He might not be no, emotionally totally healthy true. enough to do it so he needs you know he doesn't have the tools so it's not about him not caring it's not about him being stupid it's not about him taking you for granted he just uh, he probably can't that's really
2: true that's a really really good point
1: so that's not you know so your only thing is to leave him and eventually get somebody who's more suited for you and at your same level you know that's unfortunately yeah. what's happening you're sort of moving up and he's choosing to stay in the same place and um and so it's, it's goodbye i mean what is your but what is your question is it that you're just so you feel so guilty about leaving and for lying and you're at the point where you just can't take it anymore yeah yeah well, all that's going to totally. come to a head i think you're going to move and i think you're going to feel a lot better about telling people and maybe admitting when you're out of the situation.
2: I think so, too. I think it's just like I need a little time for that um, because there's so many changes happening at once. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think it'll be a lot easier to sort of like breathe a sigh of relief when when I'm actually out of his physical presence.
1: Right. Because and listen, I think calling in here and telling me is a big step for you. You know, there's some yeah. part of you that really wants to tell your story and release this, you know, lie that you're telling and reclaim that non-liar in you, <laughs> right? Like, become exactly. the person who you claim to be, which is somebody that doesn't lie yeah. and is pretty honest and sort of go back to who you really are. And so I yeah, think that... Yeah, I it's
2: like a normal life. Like, I, when I'm out having a good time with my friends, I want to, like, 100% be able to feel it instead of always feeling like... Ugh, but I'm but this isn't even authentic because I have this whole lot of shit going
1: on back and home. No, it's an awful way to live. I don't know how you could do it. It's very hard. It's very exhausting, especially for somebody. I think that there's chronic liars out there, perpetual. you know, people that are like, uh, what is that word for them? That You know, they're, they lie yeah. all the time and that's just a part of who they are. I don't even know if you could change those kind of people, but when you're a pretty honest person and you get caught up in that world, it's like almost worse, right? Because you know yeah. the right way to be and you're going against yourself so it's just really not good for you to do for yourself
2: no it feels so crazy
1: yeah and that's a good that's a good thing that it feels terrible because that's the thing that's (laughs) gonna get you to change if you were okay with it that would be a problem you know that that uncomfortable uh, uncomfortableness you feel is what's driving you to get out of it which is good because you're still young listen if you were doing this at 50 I would think you'd probably never leave him, you know, Um, but doing right. it in your 20s like is a lot of a lot of that's the lot of that's the time where not that you get a free pass for it, but like that's when shit like that happens. But you really want to yeah. take note of those things when you're younger and your patterns and I know you don't believe in therapy therapy is great. If you get the right therapist, I really believe in it, even though like most therapists are fucking nuts themselves and they're not good. But if you find the right one it's really helpful it really does work and when you when you wind up in a situation like you're in like you're gonna go to law school and you're gonna do really great and you're gonna come out in a lawyer but you're you're gonna still have this part of yourself if you don't go to therapy or sort of work on yourself in a certain sense, like you are going to still have this part of you that got into this situation to begin with and stayed for so long, right? That is a dysfunctional part of you that you need to work on. So at some time you're going to have to face that or you're going to wind up maybe in the same pattern. It could become a pattern if you don't, to, you know, work on that. Cause why did you yeah. wind up that way? Why, you know, why when you saw that needle, did you not run for the fucking hills? Why, when he hit you that first time, did you not, why was that not a deal breaker? These are the questions yeah. you are eventually going to happen. you know, ask yourself. But I think what happens with most people in life, is that especially this is why you find that people in my age range are just so fucked up is because they're making all those mistakes when they're really young, but they don't realize that that means something's wrong with them and they need a little help and they need to work on themselves and take care of that part. But everyone's busy becoming lawyers or doctors or getting married and having kids and everyone's sweeping everything under the table and you wind up with a bunch of 50-year-old messes. Yeah, and I don't
2: s- want to be like that. Like, I'm not I'm not one of those, like, I have a lot of friends who are, just, like, dying to get married and stuff. Like, I don't... Right. I don't get that pressure from my own mom. Like my mom had me pretty late. Like, I don't feel like I'm very much cool with the fact that I'm about to have a breakup and I'm not married. And I, mm-hmm. cause a part of it is like, I don't want to like form a partnership with all this shit. And then like end up having kids and like fucking them up because I <laughs> didn't take care of my own stuff.
1: Yeah. But, and you even said like, you didn't deal with the fact that your dad died so suddenly. So I, I think that there's like a lot of unresolved things in yourself yeah. that um, need to be worked on, so that you have healthier relationships. So I would say the best thing for you to do, besides, I think coming clean for you would be very cathartic at eventually, yeah. and just tell people it would be great for you if you want to. You're gonna leave him regardless. I know for sure you're gonna do that, and then that's great. And I think you're because you're moving out of the state, you'll be fine. But I think yeah. that you should also buy a little bit more into therapy. I don't know. I don't understand people that don't believe in therapy. Like, I, what do you mean you don't believe in therapy? I don't even know what that means. Like you think that people are perfect and you don't need help.
2: No. And it's not even, I mean, I guess I just had bad experience. Like I can, like I sort of work in the mental health field. So like, I, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, you work in the mental health field. Yeah, I do.
0: Okay. What mental do you do? Worker. Oh, uh, you're going to be fucking I'm, kidding. Wait, 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 wait,
1: okay. wait. Okay. wait, You are telling me that you're a social worker, but you don't believe in social work for yourself. Like, you don't believe what you give to people is worthy? Like, you would never want it for yourself, but you dish it out? Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, I mean, I work with, like, um, chronically, again, I don't want to give anything away, but I work with, like, very crazy street homeless people. So, it's not like I, like, have a practice. I, like, sit down and, you know, we do, like, crisis management and, like, homeless outreach. But... Oh, I love that. I I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it's really... It's been an awesome job. um, And really great. Um, But I it's not that I I don't know I just have had a bad experience every time like I feel like I almost feel like I i sit across from the therapist and like this is super narcissistic but like I sit across from the therapist and I'm like a punk and I'm like yeah I know what you're doing like I i, I read the no, book no, no, that's, no no
1: no first of all that's not super narcissistic you know how many offices I've walked out of on therapists because I'm like I'm smarter <laughs> than they are that yeah. is yes but that's not that's just a fact okay and maybe other people will think we're both narcissists but they can go fuck themselves <laughs> the truth is you're a I'm really smart and I did a lot of like like looking into self-help stuff so a lot of times I want and I need a certain kind of therapist that could handle my personality but they are out there and as you know for every you know five that I walked out and was like I'll never see you again because you're a moron I would find that one who would really help me I did um, psychoanalysis recently which is very expensive and I did it a couple times a week and it was so hardcore and it was life changing for all the things I've done in my life I quit drinking I've done a lot of things I've really changed myself I'm very into that and I live my life by that But really, it, like, changed my self-esteem. And I think that's one of the hardest things to change in yourself, you know? And it really, really, really helped me. But that was by, I was with the smartest bitch on the planet, okay? This lady was so good. Uh, It was like nothing I could have ever read on a website or gotten from a friend or, you know, that's what I got from psychoanalysis. So I believe there are people out there that are really fucking good. And you're not narcissistic. It's just about keeping going out and meaning I went to five before I met this lady. I did I looked into a bunch of them. I went to other psychoanalysis who were really ridiculous too and uh <laughs> found the right one and then stuck with her for a while and it was like life changing. So you know for yeah. for you you have to know that the good people out there exist. It's the ninety ten rule. Ninety percent of everything everywhere is garbage. Ten percent is good. <laughs> Totally agree with that. Most doctors suck, but there's like amazing doctors out there. Most everyone sucks, but there's like amazing. And you have to look for those people. You have to believe in therapy. That's what you do for a living. It really exists. You should do a little work on yourself because in your job, you're always helping other people. Most psychoanalysis, they have to go to... Uh, it's a part of their job that they have to go to therapy themselves because they're getting so involved in other people's lives. The only way they keep a sense of themselves is to have their own therapy going on. It's like a part of the, it's a requirement, you know? So you're a social worker and you're always helping other people. You have to also help yourself or else you know what you're going to be. You're going to be just like those other people that you sit across and have a horrible experience, but you're going to be a shit social worker.
2: Totally. And I don't like, Totally. I mean, now I'm you're really going to be a lawyer, like-
1: so it doesn't matter, right? But you, right. Re- <laughs> <laughs> So you really, though, should look for someone good because you have stuff that have happened that's, that has shaped you and is definitely going to affect your relationships. From your father's death to the drug use you've seen as you're younger, you know, to this bad relationship yeah. that you have. And you have this tendency and this pattern to go down this path and be this person. And if you don't want it to happen again, because it probably will, because this is the way that we learn, and, you know, you want to help – During the process, I went through a very torturous situation for two years recently. And that's when I was doing the psychoanalysis with it. And it doesn't mean that like, oh, I became better one day and I walked out okay. Like I just learned so much and was able to finally leave the situation and kick that habit after doing it a million times. So you're going to do it again and you're going to have like unhealthy relationships because you have that part of you, but you need help during. So at least when you're doing it, you're learning from it more so than you know, we take in as much as we can, but a therapist could really help you go a little bit deeper. And, you know, and that's what I think you really should get a little help.
2: Yeah, I agree. Like I want to be able to, in my life, not walk into a room and be like, I think I'm the most fucked up guy that I can try and fix. Dave. Like, I don't want to do that. Anymore.
1: I know. But let you me know. tell you, you might be my age and still doing it on a certain level <laughs> because like I cannot get away from some of my patterns, but you could change yeah. and be more healthy in your choices and hopefully you won't wind up in the situation where you go so far as to be dating someone for four years lying about it. I mean, like you went pretty far down a path. that. Oh, I'm
2: like in the rabbit hole.
1: Yes, for sure. And that's what you don't want to do again. And because you have no. that tendency, you have to be afraid of that part and you have to work on it. You have to be honest yeah. with yourself about that. And, and you can't think that you alone could change that because that's shit that was like ingrained in you when you were little, unfortunately our attachment issues and all the stuff we, all yeah. the issues we have in therapy comes from when we're really, really little. So, in order to change that, it's hardcore. Yeah, for sure. So, you need a little help, even though you're you're gonna you're fierce in your thing. You're gonna be a great lawyer. You're really smart. You're really strong. Like I said, you you know you have to be honest about how sort of retarded you are in relationships. <laughs>
2: You're right, and, like, honestly, like, being able to sort of tell this whole thing now, like, obviously I have a long way to go, but it does feel better. Like, it's nice to know, even though I don't know you, and, like, no one knows who I am, like, it feels better. Like, someone out in the world knows what's been happening in my life. Yeah, and it's not that
1: big of a deal, and I promise, and it's it's okay. Like, I wish more people were honest about their stuff. I've always been, and I was saying this to my sister yesterday because she was, like, hiding her child's drug use. With people in the family because she was like horrified and I'm just like, you know, I really find in my life because I'm always honest about all of the mistakes and all the things that I've done and I'm very honest about them and I'm always talking about it to people and I feel like people always tell me their stuff because they know I won't be judgmental because I'm open about it. But so many other people don't tell people because everybody's hiding all their shit, you know. And it's like craziness because I think we're all human beings. We all make these mistakes. That's what being a human is about. You know, if we were all just a little bit more honest about it then people would be more honest to you. And it's just, a, it, it helps and it's a good way to be, you know? And I do think that yeah. what you're doing is not that big of a deal. I think you'd be surprised at the reaction you'll get when you're honest. Because listen, at the end of the day, most people just give a shit about themselves. So people are going to listen to your story and they're going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe it for like 20 minutes maybe. And then they're going to forget about it and go back to their lives. So it's not going to be <laughs> that big of a deal anyway, right? Yeah. But it yeah. will help yeah. you. And it will humble you and it will maybe make you see things different that maybe in the future you won't be dishonest and you won't hide it so much because you won't be so ashamed that you could tell people that you're doing the wrong thing and people will still be there for you.
2: Yeah. And it would be a much easier way to live.
1: Yeah. Because when you're in the midst of shit like that, you know, you need people to help you get out of it sometimes because you can't be rational yourself. Right? You, you have had totally. four years of dealing with all of this stuff and you have had no help because you couldn't tell anybody what was going on. Yeah. You know, you need friends or family at that point that you could talk to about a situation because sometimes you need like the voice of reason because you can't reason. So, you, yeah. you know, that's what's so dangerous about, you know, the situation that you got in because how could you get out? You had, he was your only person that could help you get away from him. He wasn't going to do that.
2: No. Not at all.
1: So, <sighs> so there you go. I think oh. I think it's great that you called in and expressed it. I think, like I said, I think it's just at this point. I think your situation is over. I really do. I think now yeah, it's just it's a matter a of time. Of yep. You're moving at I the mean, end I'm of this summer.
2: In a couple weeks. Huh? Yeah, a couple of weeks. Like I'm- you're. It's
1: over. And you're yeah. moving on. And I think that that's really great. And I think it's great that, you know, you're, you called into the show and you had that feeling to write in and, and talk. And like you said in the beginning of the conversation, I'm kind of nervous. And I was like, what are you nervous about? Like taping? And you're like, no, just being honest. But, like, just to take that step and to do it means that yeah. you're ready to move on and you want to release it because it's such a heavy burden. And I think, um, yeah. you know, try doing that some more. Listen, if you decide not to tell anybody anything, that's fine, too. I mean, it's your choice. But make sure to get a little help and to not get so caught up in all the other areas of your life and think you got everything under control because you got out of this and make sure you work on that so you can have a more healthy relationship in the future.
2: Yeah, you're totally right. I really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, and even if you
1: make a million more mistakes, that's life anyway. Okay? Like, seriously. Like, don't worry about it. You have a long way to go, and that's great because life is fun. Even when it's horrible, I think it's fun. (laughs) That's the way (laughs) I look at things. You know, you're always learning stuff. I just think that's what life's about, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, thanks for calling in. I hope I helped a little bit. I think it was really ballsy of you to come clean and uh, keep me posted. I always have repeat callers. I really want to hear from you like in December after you've started your school. You're all, like, I feel like you're going to be in a much better place. And I'd love to hear yeah. from you then and find out where you're at and what happened. And if you told people, I think that'll be really interesting.
2: All right. So I'll like, call you after my last like first semester final. <laughs> yeah, totally. When you're all done
1: and you have that little break, I want uh, a second call and we do an update with you.
2: Okay, perfect. Thanks oh. so much. Okay,
1: cookie. Good luck. Thank and keep you. me posted. Okay, bye. Okay,
0: thanks. Bye. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about? To anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, Strictly Anonymous at gmail.com with your story. And your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous.